It's time for the War Drums of Makua, the season of battle. Sponsored by South Pacific Health, Savage Music Studios, and Life Extend Unlimited. A lot of people ask me, if you're royal, what are you doing here? Of course, the same question of sorts was asked of Prince Harry when he moved to the U.S. It's complicated. First of all, in order to take your position, you would have to deal with the politics. And I don't believe the human condition was made to be lived in a fishbowl. I'm sure Harry would agree. How you look, what you say, how you say it, how you feel about certain issues, how you dress, how you play, who you see, who your friendships are with. I mean, a whole human life that God and everyone else has a say about, except you. The Truman Show, indeed. I should clarify, as far as Polynesian royalty, the world does not acknowledge our existence. Even though we've been around for longer than most dynasties, and I think that's because they can't get their mind around the fact that the whole time they were fighting among themselves, there was a whole other civilization they knew nothing about. Polynesians did. Our DNA has been found all over the world, including Europe and Asia. We are known as great navigators, and it's obvious that we did. There is a Hawaiian word called ea, a sovereignty where no one can hold you back or keep you down. And that's why we were all over the world. Within Polynesian royalty, there are blood ali'is, and there are ruling ali'is. Blood ali'is are believed to have been descended from the gods and were responsible for the enforcement of the kapu, or code of conduct, social order, fishing rights, and overseeing the taboos. As I understand it, there are very few blood ali'is out there, and we are all related in some way. Then there are the ali'is by appointment, kau kau ali'is, in Samoa, there was no king for a long time. The title, Maliatoa, was a chief's title given to a great warrior. The final words of the Samoan enemies as they left the beach in Samoa. Maliatoa, Maloitao, great warrior, thank you for the war. Another example of the people of the Pacific and our warring history. Savea Ationgi was the first of the Maliatoas. Until that time, the Tui dynasty ruled that part of the Pacific and over Samoa for over 400 years. The first designated king, or Tafi'ifa, of Samoa wasn't until after the First Civil War when Maliatoa Laupepa was crowned. Also, here in the United States, a person of royal birth cannot carry a full royal title and live here. You cannot live in the United States as a ruler of another country. It's against the Constitution, but most Polynesians get away with it anyway, as they govern land that is sovereign to the family. In full transparency, I was born in the U.S. My great-grandfather years ago told the family to move to America. He said that we cannot know our enemy until we live with them and understand their ways. So he sent us here, not only to Hawaii, but to the mainland. He wanted us to go to school here 
to live in these homes, dress as Americans, so that we would have a better understanding of how things work. The reason is that in the first Samoan Civil War, the British, Germans, and U.S. Navy began to divide up the Pacific theater. And in order to do that, they had to take the kingdoms that existed already. They took their warships and intimidated, bombed, and killed many islanders in order to subdue them. When my grandfather saw their tactics and found them to be abusive and unrighteous, he decided that we, as a people, needed to be patient and learn to understand our enemies before we could fight them. There are over 1,800 Ali'i chiefs' titles in Samoa alone, some that have been passed down through generations and they are not allowed to come to the U.S. and keep those designations, something that Hawaii and American Samoa have fought over for decades. This is part of our culture, our heritage, and our mana, our religion. The U.S. finds the same issues with Native American Indian tribes on reservations. I was born here in the United States and returned to Samoa to receive my titles. I went to school in Samoa. I have dual citizenship since the 1970s, but then I'm not the only one. I went to school with a lot of kids that were born under American citizenship, but are also citizens of Western Samoa, an independent country. Some of them are now U.S. judges. Many civil wars have happened in Samoa over titles or control of the land. I once had a cousin that played NFL football. Actually, I have a lot of cousins that play NFL football. But he told me that another cousin of mine, who was over a well-known nefarious gang, called him and told him that he needed NFL paraphernalia for a charity auction he was involved with. And he specified, they need to be signed. I asked this young NFL cousin who was speaking about this other dear, close cousin of mine, if he did it. He said, yes, I did it. Your cousin is scary. Those guys kill people for exercise. This coming from a six foot five NFL Polynesian linesman. The point is that we have always been a warring people. Even modern times has not quelled the instinct we have to fight. I tell people that only three generations ago, we were cannibals and shrunk heads. Makes a person think. We didn't have the modern weapons when Captain Cook came to the islands. We didn't have cannons, but we did end up inviting the men to dinner. Cannibalism was a normal thing in island battles. Land is precious to us and to bury an enemy on precious land seems wasteful. Cannibalism was practiced in New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, Melanesia, Fiji, and New Zealand. A king in Samoa was a practicing cannibal until his son stopped him. One of the worst insults or swears you can give an islander is, I am going to cook you and eat you. Because it means that you aren't worth anything but fodder that is eaten and then defecated out the backside. Polynesians have a different attitude about war than the Western culture. And our oral traditions tell us of a long history of warriors very accomplished in martial arts or Polynesian combat techniques. If a Polynesian goes to war, they will kill your dog, kill your family, burn your crops, burn the bodies, and clean everything. 
The philosophy is to remove every sense of your being, your mana, so that even God forgets that you existed. Polynesians can sustain more injury than most. Our body build is thick. Muscle structure is heavy. Bones are big, heavy, and wide. Our feet are wide and big, which makes our foundation harder to put down. We were built to fight. Most Polynesian kids can complete an American high school curriculum by the time they are 14 or 15. Most Polynesians are very smart and calculating, mainly calculating, which is why we've had so many civil wars. Sometimes, and according to Robert Louis Stevenson in a letter to the King of England, Polynesians are the most barbaric people in the world, inciting war because they are bored, almost like a game, and women are included in the battles. There are a couple of different combat styles, Lima Lama, which is a hand technique, and Kapu Kuelua, which is based on bone breaking. That's what it means, to break bones, and practiced by the koa, or Hawaiian warriors. The taupo, or princesses, are responsible for calling the other side or village out to battle. She sings to them. She is at the forefront, and she is responsible for protecting the chief, her father's head. When the two sides meet, the combat becomes intensely personal. The game has penalties, not your death, but if the opposite side takes the head of the princess or taupo, the game is penalized. She can start the fight, but you cannot punish her. They all have long hair, men and women, so you have to look your enemy in the eye before you kill them in order to keep them from taking the princess or taupo but she is very capable of killing you before you can come around to her face. We are all warriors, but the women are known for being even more vicious in battle. My titles were given to me by Samoan King Maliatoa Tanamafili II. My grandfather, Luamanovai Taulapapa Tupo, approached the king and the first title he gave me was Fiatangata, to bow low before the name of one of the last kings of Rapa Nui or Easter Island. My grandmother, Lemao, did not approve of the title's meaning and asked that her cousin, Tanumafili II, give me the title Fonotimuana, her family name, which means the house of the kings, which she thought was more appropriate. I don't usually use my titles, but have been asked by other Polynesians, what's your name? Who's your family? When I have replied, they all have bowed and said, under their breath. I was raised in the U.S. and stopped speaking my native tongue when I began living with my father. So I never knew what that meant until an uncle translated and said, because of the titles that you were given and because of who your family is, they say she is a female king. And that is why they bow. For some reason, the family that is in the mainland has not been given titles, probably because under the Constitution, we cannot bear them. But my father received his in 1971-72. I received mine in the late 1990s, before the late Maliatoa Tanamafili II passed away. My father 
was also given the deeds to thousands of acres of land after his father passed, and after my father passed, those titles and deeds were given to me. Under Samoan law, if you are not a citizen, you cannot hold land unless it is a small area by Apia and only a quarter acre at a time. Now the titles of chief or king and taupo and princess were given by the king normally. This was before there was such corruption within the nobility. Used to be you had to have the bloodline and ability with responsibilities before you could be considered for a title. You had to be nominated and then the name was discussed with the council along with the matai or chief of the family name that was being bestowed and the title was then bestowed by the king. It was sort of like going through a cabinet nomination for the president of the United States. Now, you can just buy a title if you have enough money. In our culture, in the age of the kings, titles were matched to a personality or your ability to match the name of the first. Some titles were empty for hundreds of years before someone suitable in a family could get one. Now a title comes like a dot-com. Pay the initial, then once a year an annual fee to keep it registered. It's almost like buying a toy in a vending machine. I'm sure my ancestors are rolling in their graves. Kamehameha, the ali'i that ruled Hawaii, came up through the tradition of the halau. He had to learn the chants, the dance, the art of war. On top of the grueling halau, he had to prove himself. He had to move a sacred rock that is estimated to weigh two tons. Then he had to prove himself in war to be able to lead men. Then on top of all that, before he was made king, he had to prove that he could unite the tribes. He had to negotiate and mediate like a statesman in order to bring the tribes together to work as one. And he did. Today, that quality is gone. The art of diplomacy, gone. The ability to plan your words strategically, gone. Oration, gone. The knowledge to rule with wisdom and reason, gone. Now it's all about the money. This is what happens when the integrity of genealogy and the culture and traditions of a people are corrupted into a single monetary value. The ancients were not concerned about money. Gold didn't feed you. What is the saying, an army marches on its stomach? In ancient times in the islands, a ruler would look at different types of fish that the fishing nets brought in. They counted the different types of fish, then would proclaim what could and could not be eaten by the numbers that were caught. If you violated that decree, you were killed. And that included the royals. Not until the species came back in good numbers would that decree be lifted. In ancient times, one law was followed by all. Just because you were royal didn't mean that you were an exception. You were the head of the tribe. You were the leader and the parent figure. You were the one that kept the family together. You were the one that kept them fed and housed. So the example that you lived was how the rest of the tribe reacted. Within that logic and lifestyle, there was no room for corruption and money. It is said that either you are at war or you are not. This is also a Polynesian philosophy. Our policy has to do with who we are and how we live. 
but that is not always the case with other nations. The last war that we fought, we fought as a Polynesian nation, not just as individual tribes. The last war that we still fight today began in the 1800s. Britain, Germany, and the United States divided the islands of Samoa up between themselves in a backroom diplomatic poker game filled with a condescending smoke of diplomacy, cheap smell of greed-soaked whiskey, which lacked any sort of consideration for the human lives they bargained with. During the first Samoan Civil War, Germany, Britain, and the U.S. bombed Palolo Bay for days. Then a U.S. naval captain came aboard to talk with my grandfather. Basically, he said that unless my grandfather gave up all rights to the islands, they will continue to bomb the island until all the inhabitants were dead. The same ultimatum that was given to Hawaii by the U.S. Marines. We had no weapons to fight the cannons. We were not at war with Germany, Britain, or the U.S. My grandfather is quoted to say, Their God must love them more to give them such powerful weapons to kill us with. Their God is a God of war. U.S. President Benjamin Harrison had an aggressive foreign policy and divided the Polynesian nation in order to gain dominant power in the Pacific. One of his last acts as President of the United States was to deal with the annexation of Hawaii after a coup d'etat by U.S. businessmen and clergy. Yes, men of God that were only interested in getting a piece of gold. With the help of the U.S. Marines under the United States Minister to the Kingdom of Hawaii, they took the Kingdom of Hawaii. A lot of the fight over sugar tariffs and tenured land. Grover Cleveland opposed the takeover of the Queen and tried to restore her to her throne and called for the investigation into the overthrow. In that investigation, it was found and reported to Congress that there was, in fact, an abuse of power. In 1993, Congress did give the Hawaiian Kingdom an apology for taking the land illegally. It didn't change anything. Hawaii has not reverted back to the people of Hawaii. American Samoa is still a territory of the U.S., as is Guam and Puerto Rico, acquired in the same manner as Hawaii. President William McKinley signed an executive order placing the Samoan Islands under the control of the U.S. Navy for a naval station and stated, The Secretary of the Navy shall take such steps as are necessary to establish the authority of the United States. I've heard it said that there are only two types of people in this world, predators and prey. The war drums of Polynesia have always been a signal for direction. We never believed that we are either predator or prey until the rhythm of the cannons were upon us. And we were never at war with those that attacked our way of life or our traditions. The Ali's have ever been and will ever be warriors. But we were also taught to be statesmen the parliamentary government of an Ali goes back thousands of years. Though we have kings that rule, they rule more like a judge over the conflict that arises between villages and islands. We remember that on an island, we are all related. Our blood will always bind us as a people. Politics is a very important thing within the Ali's, be they blood or by appointment. 
As with the executive orders given by a U.S. president who seldom gets their hands dirty, nor do they see the direct impact of their agenda. With the orders of Germany, Britain, and the U.S., they were miles away from the brutality and disrespect of their directives. But an Ali, an Ali, by design, is made by battle, by blood. So we know what the ultimate cost is to what we decide as we rule. Polynesian warfare is done face to face, breath to breath, and hand to hand. We cannot sit back and let something like ink talk for us, to us, or with us. We consider it to be insulting and dismissive. And as the longest ruling monarchy in the world with a bloodline that predates most kingdoms, we cannot acknowledge that a piece of paper agreed to by those that are strangers can subdue us. So the war drums of Amakua still beats on. Keep listening for more episodes of The War Drums of Makua, The Season of Battle. Brought to you by SouthPackHealth.com. The wisdom of the past is the health of the future. SavageMusicStudios.com and Life Extend Unlimited. The taste you know, the results you prefer.